Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. I am thrilled, as always, to be joined by the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Seth, I'm excited today. we got a special guest, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you. We have a very special guest. We have none other than the Jay Abraham. In case you've been living under a rock for the last several decades, Jay has been the preeminent business executive coach, guru, Whatever term you want to apply that is laudatory applies to Jay. He's influenced tens of thousands of businesses. He's generated billions and billions of dollars of revenue. Folks like Mark Cuman, Damon John, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, Stephen R. Covey, Harvey McKay, literally the thought leaders and luminaries of our time all refer to Jay as their mentor. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. I'm honored to have a forum to your audience. So you said several decades. You can add a couple severals to that also, because you know we were just talking. Jay, Jay, I I started hearing about Jay 35 years ago, and so you know I know he was around long before that. So um, just not to date him or talk about how old, uh, how many years he's been doing this, but it's been quite a few. It has. This is funny. <clears throat> Pardon me, Kevin. I was talking to somebody yesterday about, uh, and you know this, about uh, supernovas. And I'm not criticizing anybody, but I said, if you ask me who the the real estate guy was, the options guy, the biz op guy, the personal development other than Tony, the, the health guy or woman in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, they're not the same as today. People don't realize that we all have the Andy Warhol, uh, you know, the 15 minutes. You and I have endured. We're probably uh, unique animals in a world of, of basically uh, very short-lived phenomena. Yeah. You know, I think that's maybe a good place to start with, with this, Jay, because I think one of, the, one of the things that I have really enjoyed myself is, is, is morphing and surviving as you know, I, I spent, you know, and still have a little bit of dabblings in this world of as seen in TV, but TV viewership dropped by 50%. So yes. 
I've had to make a run, you know, I, I, as I say, follow the eyeballs, you know, it's been my, one of my, you know, mantras now is, you know, hey, they used to be on TV and now it's expensive to get to those, but now you can get them on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all that. But what has been, would you say, one of the, of the core drivers for you as, as you're still out there kind of moving and shaking with a lot of the new, the new players out there? How have you, I mean, ultimately, you know, you, cre you do, a, you're, you're a genius at cre creative. Is, is that what's kept you alive through all of the iterations of, of distribution? I'll tell you what I think my uh, ability, give, benefit, whatever, my source energy is I started out being hopelessly curious and never staying in one, in one industry. So over the course of my career, I've done over a thousand industries. So when you keep going to new industries and you learn and you borrow and you carry forward the knowledge of all these different strategies, uh, business models, distribution models, marketing approaches, value creation, ancillaries, you bring, it's, it's like the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. <laughs> most people, no, you know this, most people in a given industry, plus or minus 20, 30%, they're all doing the same thing. They're all following the herd and it, they're only going to be incrementally better. But if you bring, what I always found was ideas and approaches common as dirt from three or four other industries that aren't known in an industry. If you combine them into hybrids, which has been my gift and you introduce them in an industry that doesn't do it that way, you kill it. And I seem to be the only person that went, uh, I didn't go vertical. I went horizontal. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and, and I also, I started in real, real commerce. I got very deep in uh, information marketing. I did Entrepreneur Magazine. Then I did 30 or 40 financial newsletters. And then I morphed into more, frankly, uh, brick and mortar businesses. Mm. And then I went into training and we did, but when I did training, I never, uh, this is interesting. I never just taught. Every time I taught, I would ask the audience to come to the mic and share actual elements they were doing of those, whether they learned them from me or not. So I got educated and I would learn 90 or hundred different ways people were doing it. And I had a mind that would, I think, absorb it. And I kept traveling and pushing myself because I realized that to stay relevant, you have to have advantage. And the advantage yeah. can be technological. I'm not technologically sophisticated, but I probably understand very frankly, business building with low risk and investment better than yeah. uh, a majority of people. Let's not say yeah. everybody, but a majority of people. Yeah. So it's funny because I'm on more than I'd say, you know, it depends on, on how you say a board of board of directors, but five or six public companies yeah. and then a few other companies so close to 10 boards. But it, you mentioned how you, when you get involved with so many industries, you learn something from each one and it helps in the overall picture. And, and there is every single time I join a board, like I joined the board of a company and Lee Kai Shing, who's a very wealthy guy over in Asia, yes. worth about 30 billion, he's had two of his people from Horizon Ventures on this board. And it's like, all of a sudden you're networking inside that umbrella then, right? Yep. 
So you join, I mean, hey, how would you like to be on Facebook's board of directors, right? I mean, it's, there's, there's a, an advantage to being involved with certain industries and more industries and more boards and all of that, as long as, you know, you got to be careful not to get at overload. And that's, you know, important on my side. I've actually jumped off a few boards recently because it, it wasn't doing enough for me and I wasn't able to contribute enough to them and just said, hey, let me just bow out. Um, I, thank you. You know, sometimes I just have to just say, hey, I, I don't want any more equity or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just not, a, I'm not there's not a, enough of an upside for my time. Well, and I think that, you see, I learned, and I think you inherently, I learned earlier in my life because I did work with a lot of very, I, let me make an interruption. I've helped, and this is not arrogant, it's clinical. I've helped about 300 of the world's top experts. Very, very blessed to have done it, but none of them came to me for help with their methodology. They came for help to articulate it better, value it better, comparatively contrast, denominate it better, but I had to learn it first. So yeah. I got this outrageous education, this compressed education. I have found, uh, one of the things I did was the Deming organization and most of the people under, crap, I don't know, 50 wouldn't even know who Deming was, but he's the father of process improvement, optimization, highest and best use theory outside of real estate. And most people don't understand that everybody has the same 24 hours. Some people might have a little better IQ but it's all about how much better you use your time, your opportunity, your access, your dollars, your intellectual capital. And most people don't have a broad enough context of optionality or possibility or alternative to know how to use higher, better, more safer. Yeah. I mean, and I've been very blessed to see so damn many alternatives. It's, it, it gives you, it's, it, it's just, most people don't have the spectrum of understanding of higher performance possibilities. Yeah. Hey, I, before we started, you mentioned Vietnam, and I and I have to just ask because I've done stuff pretty much. In, I consider almost everywhere in the world. I've never been to Vietnam. What's happening down there? Uh, it's growing. It's exploding. There's a lot of wealth. A lot of manufacturing going down there yeah. too, right? A lot, of, a lot of the China's moving over there. Uh, I tend to attract a very interesting entrepreneur, not as many corporate, but the people that are attracted to me are driven inherently to try to create value, but they don't know what it means. And I've been very popular in Asia. China, I'm really popular. Japan, I'm popular. Uh, Singapore, Malaysia, now Vietnam, but for a reason. Their educational system is rote training. So it's memorization. You mm. say, hey, What's 10 divided by five plus 12 divided by 20 times 100 plus 26? <laughs> they, they don't have critical thinking. They don't have strategic thinking. They have right. tactical linear thinking. If you say this is to this as this is to what, they don't know. Right. But when you connect the dots, they come alive. So I've been very, uh, it's a very promising market. And uh, the only and I'll tell you the most touching thing about it, and it's a little weird. We have our Vietnam War Memorial, right? Yeah. And it's quite profound. When you go there, they have theirs, and it's equally as profound. When you travel outside your industry, that's my, my gig, it opens your mind. When you travel outside the country, you see so many different realities. Right. But, uh, it's a very, what, what I find in Asia is they're hungry. 
a lot of our entrepreneurs, they're more aspirant than they are performance. Yeah. In Asia, they, you know, three, three families will live in a, in an apartment. They'll work 22 hours. The only negative is they don't work strategically. Yeah. But they will outwork us because they, they, I think they have greater drive than a lot of us do. Frankly, you may disagree. No, I, I agree. It's it, you know, I speak a lot of places and one of the things I love, first of all, they have a, a, a very a, a higher level of respect I yes. think, for, for, you know, for people like you and me. And, and I'm sure when you get done speaking, you probably get mobbed by those, the crowds over there. I'm, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Very, and very popular. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And so um, it's a, it's a very respectful and, um, and, and, you know, they, um, uh, they just have a, a, a way about them that, that um, I find very, um, very friendly and, um, and, and willing to listen. And like you said, I think they, they, love, they, they love American uh, kind of uh, success to, to come over to their market. Well, there, I mean, when you understand this, and again, politically, there's a lot of uh, uh, you know, delicacy, but if you look at mindset, when you are uh, addressing a mind that wants to really absorb and is trying really intensely to grasp and wants very badly to do something with it versus an audience that is wanting unintentionally intellectual entertainment, it's very different. It's harder because it's through translation. Right. But if you can, if you can uh, engage and if you can connect, it's, it's very satisfying. I've had, you know, all, and you probably the same. I've done Italy, I've done Paris, I've done all over the world. And as long as your intent is correct and it's to transfer not just ideas, but transactional knowledge that can be actuated and you really care about them and you regard them and you respect them and uh, they have, and their dignity and relevancy, they love you. Yeah, super. Jay, what are some of the mistakes you see entrepreneurs making today that your strategies could help them avoid or profit from? Uh, well, first of all, they most of them have single source revenue. They doesn't matter what it is. They, they put all their eggs in one basket instead of really utilizing the leverage. I, I worked all my life, uh, Seth, on the geometry of a business, trying to figure out not how to grow it incrementally because that's slow and arduous, but how to grow it internally, for, at least for profit stand, standpoint. I don't care much about revenue, but revenue certainly is, can be a driver. But I think most people, first of all, have single source. They're tactical, not strategic. They don't really focus on uh, on falling in love with the impact they can make with the purchaser, with the client. They uh, they don't really understand what value creation means to the other side. They don't try to relate in um, in language and actions so that the market really uh, uh, resonates with them. They don't really understand how to how to delineate, how to how to uh, demonstrate, how to convey advantage. They don't understand how expensive it is to acquire 
uh, a buyer and how many other ways they can monetize it with irrespective of what their main business is. They don't utilize their marketing effectively. I'm just giving you a few. They're not strategic. I already said that they don't use their relationships. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I could go on and on, but I mean, Kevin, do you disagree? Yeah, no, I love, I love it. It's funny. I, cause I, people ask me, what are my big, some of my biggest mistakes? You just named several. Okay. <laughs> that as a young entrepreneur, I mean, I'll go back to one of the biggest things, problems I made. I had eight or nine products on the air at one time. Okay. We were doing about a hundred million. So we had diversified yeah. income, but all of it going through one merchant account. And oh. we had one product that had a big problem. And, and so the returns and the chargebacks were massive on this one item. Well, guess what? The bank grabbed $2 yep. million out of my bank account that day that they decided, they determined that my, that I, I'd blown some fuse internally that I'd gone over 1% chargeback or something. And so boom, I'm missing 2 million out of my bank account, which was all the cash that I had. Oh, no, and the people I, don't realize that yeah. that kills you. And, no, no. I had the same thing. We had, we were the biggest, we were the biggest account for my bank when I was in the publishing business. And one of our team members let a friend of theirs run uh, a weight loss deal that I didn't even know about through our credit card. It was like $20,000, but it was terrible complaints. And they froze all our money for six months. Yeah. And people don't realize that I don't care how successful you appear to be on the outside. If your cash flow stops flowing, everything stops. Exactly. And, and, but but yeah. yeah, I learned how to diversify uh, uh, strategically, and I think if you do so, you I mean the key is that you always want to be able to come back and market another day, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's in today's world, it's you know, it's it's a little different today than it used to be. I mean, you can ship all over the world. And, um, you know, it's, in the old days, I remember we had to get, you know, in, in just even inside Europe, we had to get clearance to ship, you know, from the UK into Germany, you had to go through customs, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was crazy, some of the stuff that we had to learn over, over, over those days. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to kind of hang out and talk some of the, some of the old stuff. But I, I want to go back. What was, do you remember what was one of your first, like, big, Grand Slams, one of your first sure. big hits back in the day. Yeah, I had, I had, I had two that are notable because there's very good lessons behind them. The first one I had was Icy Hot, the product that now is in stores, and I'll tell the story in two minutes. We had no marketing capital, but we learned that every time we got ten first-time buyers at three dollars. We got eight people to buy every month forever until there was a cure for arthritis. Or wow. arthritis. And that was not it. Half of the eight would buy at least another product every month. And that wasn't it. Half of the four would buy twice a year bulk. And mm. what happened was every time we got 10 buyers, we made $50 net per client per year forever. And with that, I was able to go to a thousand radio stations, television stations, publications, media, and do PI, yeah. PO per order. Per and order. we gave away, we were the first ones that gave away more than 100%. And they thought we were crazy. 
we let him keep all the money and we gave him another 45 cents and we could have yeah. given $40, but we created a, a 500,000 buyers in the first year. We got $27 million of no cost advertising, which today would have been about 150 million. Wow. We forced retail distribution. There's two interesting stories. It became a consumer product instead of a mail order product. It was purchased for, I think, 60 million. I didn't own the business by G.D. Searle that was purchased by someone else. G.D. Searle was a big Chicago pharmaceutical company. But here's what was hilarious. Their mindset was purely consumer. All we had to do was sign a non-compete to arthritis. They didn't want the distribution channel. They didn't want the 1,000 TV radio stations. They didn't want the 500,000 buyers that were generating all. And, and hmm. we just went into another uh, geriatric product line and started all over again. So wow. that was a big one. Entrepreneur Magazine was the second big one. When we started, nobody even knew what entrepreneur meant. We had to send out mailings that had the Webster's Dictionary explanation, the phonetic pronunciation. But what made it successful, it started out, it wasn't a magazine. It was a $100 a month membership-based organization that you got tchotchkes, you got a plaque, you got a card, you got some discounts. But what you got was a magazine formatted publication every month that had about a 22 to 30 page overview of an emerging small business opportunity, mm. uh, tune up shops, uh, yogurt shops. And it would give I, you all, all the perspectives, what, you know, who to go to to franchise, do it yourself, risk, investment, yield, asset value. But every month when, when the issue was outdated, it would just go into archive. I took all the archives. We, we added boilerplate. We turned them into startup manuals. Yeah. And we sold 300,000 of them the first year for $39. And then we took them and we reconstituted them by category. Low investment, food service, automotive, asset building. And, and that's what really made that thing go. We grew it about uh, 900% in a year. Was, Those were my two big starts. Was, was, was that in the Chase Ravel days? Do you remember yeah. Chase? Sure. Huh? Chase was, no. Chase, that was Chase Ravel. That's right. Chase Ravel was the guy that did it. And he was hey. hilarious. And we he used to- He was a bank that. robber. Remember? Did, didn't he have like a history? He walked yeah, into he a did. bank with a note. And, and, I, and I, I remember the, the early days of Chase Ravel. That, that, that was the- Nobody knew that. Early. And he was able to get, he had a PR guy that had been the PR guy for, uh, for Capitol Records for the Beatles. And the guy got all these, it's hilarious, all these cities- the mayors would give him the key because it was entrepreneurship, the key to the city. And then after he got great visibility, somebody did an investigation and turned out that wasn't even his name. Yeah. And he had been, he had a very, let's call it a storied background. <laughs> Is he still alive, by the way? Or did he I heard he was living on a big yacht in Boca. Okay. But, but I haven't talked to him for 10 years. Yeah, that's amazing. But he was very, I mean, he was, he, he, he started out with a very simple headline. Who's really making a bundle? Right. And then we created another one, Confessions of a Hard-Nosed Millionaire. Right. You and, know, yes. The, so the, the, a lot of people, I don't tell the story very often, but the reason I know about Chase 
is when when he sold the magazine or it, I don't know if it went into bankruptcy or something. It, went, it did. It went into eleven. Right. So the new guys called me, um, and and it was, I wasn't there. By the way, I grew it, and then what happened was they doubled and redoubled their overhead because they decided they were a New York publishing company. Yeah, and they went. They, to, they went. They got the Boulevard in in Los Angeles. I mm -hmm. remember went in there. They put me on the cover, and and it was I, upstairs. You remember that upstairs? Yeah, the downstairs. Yeah, I think it was a deli warehouse. downstairs. Yeah. So I walked in there. They were doing a story on me, and I'm seeing people buy these manuals. And I said, we should set one of these. I was in the franchising business. Yeah. We should set one of these up everywhere. So I got the rights to joint venture with entrepreneur, start a business stores. And we opened up 30 of them on a, on a, a licensing basis well, so around the country. Idea. For the time, that was a great idea. Yeah, it was. So we, we had 30 entrepreneur magazines, start a business stores around the country oh, that cool. I owned equity in with entrepreneur. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was, and then, you know, they changed the, they changed the model and whoever bought it, I mean, you gotta, they gotta give them credit because it's endured and it has a, a position in the marketplace. Yeah, uh, it went high, it went high brow a little yeah, bit. In the beginning, like, it was, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, it would, I would go to some of the, I'm doing this with embarrassment. I would go to some of his trade shows and he was a little bit, uh, or they, let's not say he, I don't want to be critical. They were a little bit indiscriminate. They would have people trying to sell and it made me a little bit shocked. Uh, distributorships on a chicken in a, and that would read fortunes, a live chicken in a booth. <laughs> and I'd go, oh my God. But oh. here's what was really cool. He used to do uh, c conferences and conventions where it was per event. You paid $39 to go to a different event. And we started recording them and combining them and turning the, all those, all those, uh, it, those, those uh, sessions into products. People right. don't realize how valuable redeploying an asset is. There's more money in letting oh. somebody else sink the capital and then getting control of the of the reuse rights. In those manuals, they, like you said, I think 70% of the manuals were boilerplate and then they had the tailored portion to, you know, the, the, the specific yep. industry. And it was, um, it was amazing business because it, it, that's how they-, they For the they, genre, they, it was incredible. Oh, man. But, but I'll tell you what was really hard. I had, uh, and you'll, you'll laugh about this. I have two stories and then you can go anywhere you want or we can stop. When I started, I had two different uh, requirements. I had to create members all the time to service the overhead of producing the manuals, and then we would make all our money selling the catalogs. And I had to wow. have both of them going concurrently. But I'll remember when I first got there, it was hilarious. They told me they had some huge number of members, and and Chase was out of uh, out of the office for a couple of weeks and I had the, the subscription person come and the numbers were about half. <laughs> and I was a little shocked because I'd moved from a, a good job in Santa Barbara. But secondly, <laughs> I looked at what they were selling and the highest, they, 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 it was very, this is where strategic critical thinking comes in. They were, this is what people really don't understand if they're in the catalog business. They would allocate, they were selling certain things in a catalog. They would allocate the same relative space to everything, not looking at what was selling 10 times more, nor would they even put the high sellers up front. 
And I look at it and I thought, okay, this little square that's three quarters of the way in the back is generating 80% of your revenue. <laughs> Why in God's name would you put it first and give it two pages? Right. And yeah. they go, well, we never thought about that. Right. Yeah. That was the, the early days of, uh, of marketing. Um, and I, it's funny, it, I, I've known you a lot of years, but it, it, it's, it, it, we got to get on a podcast to, under, to realize we go back to, we were both partners. That's hilarious. Some yeah, that's funny. Magazine, right? But yeah. Um, yeah, so so are you now, and I think we got about three or four minutes left. Are, are you now into the world of digital? Are you, 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 you Yes and no. I'm yeah. not very good technologically, but I help a lot of technology people because I know if you tell me what it's supposed to do, right? I can do it. I'm on the I'm a, a senior advisor to the Kairos Society, if you know what that is, and they usually have eight out of the 30 on the Forbes uh, uh, 30 under 30. I help uh, a bunch of, of startups and I help a bunch of technology companies. I help the company that uh, Google turns to when they have a 500 to a million dollars, 500,000 a million dollar a month client and they want them to spend more by getting more ROI, the company that does all the technical stuff. I help them not with the technical stuff, but with articulating their value to the market. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So I don't do, I mean, I don't sell. We give, we give greater things away because most people can't afford me and I'm not a big product seller anymore, but uh, I'm very involved in real commerce, real commerce uh, of all kinds all over the world. Well, it's, we could probably do a podcast a week uh, with, with Abraham, Seth. Why don't you wrap it up and finish up Seth with the last questions, guy. I love I love talking to Jay, and we're I'm, I'm sure I'll see you at a conference coming up. Yeah, no, and I hope so. Hope we I hope we get a chance to really spend some time together because yeah. we do have a, a lot of historic commonality we don't even realize. Yep, absolutely, Jay. Thank you so much for your time. We know how valuable it is. We're incredibly grateful for your participation today. For our I for our listeners and our viewers who are fascinated as we are with all things Jay Abraham. Um, where was where is the place that you want us to send them to where they consume the most content of Jay? I mean, the best thing, Seth, is we have a we have a great URL. It's Abraham.com slash fifty shades, the number five, the number O, and then shades. And it's no opt-in, it doesn't sell anything. It's got eight hundred hours of better content, very frankly, than most people sell. And it's how I uh, can be a benefactor to entrepreneurs who can't afford me. So it's pretty cool stuff and we don't try to monetize it and it, it's uh, helped a lot of people and you, you give that out. It's great. And, and I enjoy both of you and Kevin just says a, a remark. I've admired your work and your diversity and your passion and your, uh, your breakthrough thinking for uh, as many years as uh, I have been doing it and you stay relevant and you stay on the cutting edge and you stay vibrant and you stay uh, uh, committed hopelessly to uncovering, uncovering <laughs> things. Yes. I think that's what turns us on, don't you? Yeah. It's, sometimes it's hopeless, but you got to keep plugging, you know? It's, yeah. I think the, I watched a movie the other night and this has been some line that I've used for years. And it was, Winston Churchill said that success is being able to go from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. 
And I said, that I love that sums up my life, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it, it's, but, but here's what people don't realize. If you don't keep uh, expanding and uncovering, you know, opportunities or new paths, you'll never find breakthroughs. Right. One breakthrough makes up for a lot of, of breakdowns as long as you don't piss away too much money. Excuse my vulgarity. You got it. Well, You're James, conservative. It's been a yeah, pleasure yeah, catching up with you again. It's my honor. Thank you, bud. See you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Go to abraham.com slash 50 shades. All Thank right, guys. You. Take Thank care. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Kev. See you. Bye-bye. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>